Good morning, good morning on this Lord's Day. I am Pastor Eric Samborski. I just want to thank you for tuning into God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. We are local in the Wyoming Valley, the Wilkes-Barre area, and we're looking to start small groups to talk about spiritual matters and look at the Bible together. We're trying to be disciples ourselves, and we're trying to make disciples. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like and follow us for video content. They'll be teaching and preaching. You can also find us on YouTube. Just look up God's Resistance. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell to be notified of any new videos. If you need something, please email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or give us a call at 570-362-7782. We're all looking for something to give our life to. There's a greater purpose than just the day-in, day-out, nine-to-five rat race. I'm asking you to give your life to the kingdom of God and to God's resistance. Last week, I talked about resisting the world that's hostile towards God. You need to resist that world in yourself first and then resist it in the tyrannical reign that it has over the souls of others. Today, we'll be talking about freedom and liberty under the government of God. Does God care about civil liberties or just spiritual liberty from sin? These are relevant questions for our times. So let's listen in on today's briefing. Here we are in a situation in our country. There's a pandemic, there's lockdowns, there's overreach of powers, there's resistance to orders given by those that are in authority, and there's a desire for constitutional liberties. So, here's two things, physical liberty and spiritual liberty. What does God desire? Are these opposing elements or are they synergistic elements? Do they work together in the heart of God? Just a little while ago, I was walking in my neighborhood and I saw a VFW. And as I was walking by, there was approximately 20 people that were outside, kind of some going inside, some outside on the sidewalk. I really don't know what the purpose was for their being there. But when I saw that, I felt like saying to them, you know, Hey, I'm just so thankful that you're opening up. I'm glad to see that that's happening, that you're taking your constitutional liberties. But I didn't feel quite free to say that because I know that they drink in there and there's a bar in there and I didn't want to condone that. But I did just say thank you for your service to some of the veterans that were outside. And I kept on walking and I was praying and I was saying, Lord, I'm happy for them to have their civil liberties and their freedoms, but I don't want to condone the actions that they're taking with their freedoms. So I didn't say that. And it was then that a revelation just hit me in my mind. God has given everyone free will. People will choose wrong. And even though that's true, God will not undo free will. If it was even possible that our free will would be under threat, God would fight to keep it. God maintains desire and necessity of free will, even though he knows that bad will come of that. So why do we all like liberty as people? It's because it's the heart of God. 
It's the very heart of God. It is the heart of the gospel, liberty. I want to share two scripture portions with you. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. That's God speaking and giving us a choice, blessing or cursing. It's up to us. Proverbs 1, 29 through 31, we read, For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, God speaking, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Those are two scriptures that show us the reality of the liberty of a human will. We have the right to choose. Let's first talk about God as the governor. He is the ultimate sovereign, the ultimate governor. If you look in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 11, this is the expression. This is what's said. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. So that's not just a God over a nation, Israel, but this person noticed and recognizes that God is the ultimate sovereign over all existence. In God's ultimate sovereignty, there is one overarching government, but for our sake of understanding, I would split it into two. There is the moral government, which God is in charge over, and there is the civil government, which God is in charge over. Charles Finney had these things to say about the moral government of God. The moral government of God is for this purpose. The highest well-being of the universe demands and is the end of moral government. That's its purpose. It must therefore be his right and duty to govern whose attributes, physical and moral, best qualify him to secure the end of government, which is the highest well-being of the universe. To choose the best means for the promotion of our happiness as the most desirable end. That is what God is after in moral government. The Bible contains a most simple and yet comprehensive system of moral government. The governor and subjects are alike dependent upon government as the indispensable means of promoting the highest good. So here's God as a moral governor. He is governing people for their highest well-being. And it's for the highest well-being of all the universe in all of its intricacies and all of how it connects together, how it affects one another, and even how it affects God, the governor of all. So he is promoting the highest well-being for all of his subjects, and then he is gaining the most glory out of all of this. And altogether, it is for the highest good. Now, civil government is the extension of the moral government. It is the arm of God in this present reality that you and I live in. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, we're told this, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life 
in all godliness and honesty. So we find that what God's intention is for civil government is that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. In other words, he is looking for the highest good amongst a society of people. Now, that's the civil government under the moral government. Now, as far as this existence that you and I live in right now, God is governing this world that is mixed with sinners and saints, God lovers and God haters, the good and the bad, the believers and unbelievers, the obedient and disobedient. That is what God himself is trying to govern in this present existence. So how does the ruler then keep order and peace when people are free to do whatever they want and sometimes what they choose to do with their freedom is not good? I think there's two ways we can deal with it. You can deal with it by brute force or you can deal with it in a just manner. Let's look at brute force for a minute. Brute force really is just oppressive. It is the stripping of personal liberties. It's not promoting the highest good of all, but rather the desire of the one who has the power without consideration to those people that are under him. So if God just came down like a hammer every time somebody did something wrong, it would be more of this oppressive nature of rule that is happening. And it would essentially strip people's freedoms because then God could try and force some people not to do certain things. Now, there's consequences for what people do, but we don't want an oppressive society where we just make everyone cookie cutter and they have to line up and everything's like this. God could make everyone obey with oppressive brute force, but then if he did that, there would be no moral responsibility. In other words, whatever I did, I couldn't help but do because God would just make me do it. And that doesn't promote everyone's highest well-being. The other option, as I mentioned before, was in a just manner or justice. In that way, our liberties can be preserved. They're not unlimited liberties. Those liberties are governed by morality, which begs the question, where did morality come from? Where does right and wrong come from? Well, right and wrong is not subjective because if it was, then somebody could argue that Hitler's killing of those massive amount of Jews was right somewhere in somebody's mind or heart. So it can't be subjective. It has to be objective. And that objective morality comes from the lawgiver who is God himself. So we are free to do whatever we want in this just governance of all beings. We are free to do whatever we want, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. If all people's freedoms are promoted and protected, then it makes sense that punishment and reward must be executed if it is in everyone's best interest. Because if me taking my liberties is then harming another person, then there has to be some way that for public interest and for everybody's highest good, there has got to be some means of reward for good and punishment for evil. So that is where God is governor, and these are some of the things underneath God's governance. In this present existence here on earth, you and I are free under a government of liberty that God himself is ruler over. The scriptures or the Bible are persuasive, trying to show us and tell us that it is best, most reasonable, and for everyone's highest good 
to both be and do good. In addition to that written word, that written revelation, the Bible, the Holy Spirit of God is illuminating and applying the right course of action in being on every person's conscience. The thing is, we are still free to reject it, even though God is persuading us and trying to show us what the best and highest good is, you and I are still free to say no and to not follow that persuasive reasoning that God the Holy Ghost through the scriptures would give us. Both the Old and New Testaments in the Bible are riddled with conditional blessings and promises that start with the proposition, if, and when you say, if you do this, then I will do that, that word if implies a choice. In other words, God does not force us to do anything. He does, however, explain to us, persuade us, warn us, encourage us, trying to win our confidence in himself and in his ways for the best and highest good. Justin Martyr, one of the early church fathers from 160 AD, he had these things to say. We have learned from the prophets, and we hold it to be true, that punishments, chastisements, and good rewards are rendered according to the merit of each man's actions. Now, if this is not so, but all things happen by fate, then neither is anything at all in our power. For if it is predetermined that this man will be good and this other man will be evil, neither is the first one meritorious nor the latter man to be blamed. And again, unless the human race has the power of avoiding evil and choosing good by free choice, they are not accountable for their actions. Those who were foreknown to be unrighteous by God, because if God knows all things, then he, he knows what's going to happen in the future. That doesn't make him responsible, but he just can't help but know. Those who were foreknown to be unrighteous, whether man or angels, are not made wicked by God's fault. Rather, each man is what he will appear to be through his own fault. So God shows us what is true, right, and noble, what is the highest good for ourselves and for the entire universe and how we fit into that, but ultimately, we're free. We have liberty, and God maintains that liberty of every single soul. So you, as a person, are free to do whatever you want. The question, though, is, is it wise for me to do whatever I want? Is it best for all those under the government of God? In other words, is the choice that I'm about to make or that I would like to make with my own free will, is it best for all those that are under the government of God? Is it best for my family? Is it best for me? Is it best for my society? Is it best for my community? All those questions we have to ask. In case you've just tuned in, you are listening to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the world, and the devil. You can hear us every Sunday at 9 a.m. on WITK, 1550 a.m. and 94.7 FM. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. So some examples are, 
you're free to kill someone if you want to. You have the free will to choose to do that. Is that in your best interest? If you kill somebody, you're probably going to end up going to jail. If you kill somebody, you could face the death penalty. If you kill somebody, you ruin another family's lives. You ruin them emotionally and in so many other ways. If you kill somebody, you can even affect an entire community. Is that for the highest good of the community? You're free to rape somebody, and the same thing happens. You damage one person's life, you damage yourself because you get more and more depraved if you, as you give in to those wrong and evil desires, and then you affect communities and families and so forth. You're free to drink alcohol if you want to. You're free to get drunk every single day of the year if you'd like to, but is that in your best interest? Is that in the best interest of your family? Is that in the best interest around you? Is it the highest possible good? Is it in the best interest in your view of eternity and what's going to happen. You can curse and swear like a trucker if you want. You can talk however you want. You can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. But how does it affect you? How does it affect the people around you? How does it affect society? And most importantly, how do these decisions affect your eternity? Do your choices promote the highest good? We are free under a government of liberty of which God is the ruler. But God is after the highest universal good. And the question for us is, are we aligned with God or are we choosing a different way? You and I have free will. I have the ability to choose whatever I will to choose. No one can force me. I am not under compulsion. I am not stuck under the umbrella of fate. I can choose and do what I please. However, even though God has given me that choice, divine permission of free will can in no wise be considered a consent to the fall of man back there with Adam and Eve, or can be a consent for us to go on sinning. In other words, freedom is risky. The very nature of freedom implies that bad decisions can be made. Sometimes not all of us will agree on the decisions that every one person makes, but liberty and freedom is important and essential for a moral society, for a moral government. And I know right now this is so inflamed as to what is happening in concerns uh, of the coronavirus. And some people are crying out that they want their liberties, they want those to be protected. And so some people think it's an encroachment upon their liberties to be forced to wear a mask. Other people are very upset when other people don't wear masks. And so some of the people that are very upset about those that don't wear masks would desire that the government step in and force other people to wear these masks. However, in doing so, the government is then trampling over top of people's freedoms or free will. And there isn't necessarily a moral situation with this that necessitates there being a strong arm coming down on those that choose to do otherwise. Because each of us could choose to do our own thing. The thing that's scary for some people, though, is that freedom is risky. However, freedom is good and right. The only reason that morality exists is because there is freedom of the will to choose right or wrong. 
If you and I couldn't choose, then there could be no praise or blame laid on us for what we do or do not do. If there was no freedom of choice or will, then there would be no praise or blame attached to obedience or disobedience. So, as much as sometimes we would like to force people to do something, we can't do that. We take away their personal responsibility. People need to be able to make their choices and to be free to make those choices. And that goes inside of the most important choices, which is that regarding our soul, our spiritual state, and the eternity before us. There is no verse in the New Testament that suggests that God took away free will after the close of the Old Covenant. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reason I say that is because when we look inside of the Old Testament, we can find so many verses that talk about our own personal choice. God gave people propositions to choose, and he told them, if you choose this, blessing will happen. If you choose this, curse will happen. If you choose this, then there will be terrible eternal consequences. If you choose this, then you will have blessed eternity. And so all of these things are brought out over the course of 4,000 years of Old Testament history with choice. And there is nothing that suggests that as we go into the New Testament era, that somehow God changed his mind, changed who he was, and changed that sovereign will of God to give every man a free will. God is, however, over all of this governing and persuading. A man, C. Ryder Smith, in a book called The Bible Doctrine of Man, said this, The ruler who can overcome rebellion and win the love and loyalty of his people is more truly sovereign than one who would control puppets. Think about it. What are the people like that are under the tyrannical rule of North Korea or some Middle Eastern countries or communist countries? where they have no freedom to do what they please. Do you think that their allegiance and loyalty is to their leader and their allegiance and loyalty is to the country? Most often not. Those people would do anything to flee out of that country, to defect from the ideology that they are presently under and from the government that they're under. But if people out of their own free will choose to stay and support their government and support their governor or their president or their king or whomever it may be, they're doing that because it appears to be in their sight and in their mind, in their heart, that they can give allegiance and trust and loyalty to this person because they are governing and persuading them the right directions, though not forcing them. God loves personal liberty because that is the only way to have moral people. If free will was threatened, as I said before, God would fight tooth and nail to preserve it. So why do we as a people love liberty and hate tyranny? Because liberty is the very heart of God. God has created all men and women free. We love liberty because it's part of our design. We were made free. Liberty itself is not, however, an end. Liberty is a means to an end. We are to be as free people, not using our liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. In other words, liberty can be used to perform the highest good, and that is the highest good where people use their liberty in that way. However, 
Liberty can also be used for selfishness and to be used in a way that's not the highest good. And the answer to that problem is not to take away freedom, but to govern a free people with free wills and to preserve their freedoms while trying to persuade and win them to the highest good. If they choose not to do that, that is their own choice. However, the highest good must sometimes be maintained by righteous and not arbitrary justice. So sometimes, in order to preserve the highest good, there needs to be harsh executions of judgment. And God does this in his government, not only amongst men, but he does this in his government morally. And think about it. If God was just a tyrant of the sky, as some people accuse him of being, nobody would want to follow this God. But the thing is, there's been such ugly caricatures made of God making him appear to be that tyrant in the sky, which couldn't be farther from the truth. But when you realize that God has created you to be free, you can choose to love and serve him, or you can choose to turn your back on God. And yet he still made you. And yet he still sent his son to die for your sins, in spite of the fact that you may curse God to your dying day. It brings out, that personal responsibility as a very great thing. And it's help that personal responsibility is even greater seen in light of our liberty to choose. Now, it's not God's fault that you've done wrong, your life's a mess, or this or that or the other, because choices are involved there. It also magnifies the mercy of God as we see that he preserves our personal liberties, though he may disapprove of some or even all of our choices. He will preserve your freedom even while you destroy your body and soul and reject him all the way to the grave and finally spend eternity in hellfire. This is the God whom is governing over all things morally. He has then given civil government as the extension of his arm. It is a God who is benevolent, who is loving, who is kind, who is merciful, but is also holy and just, and all these things are balanced in such a perfection inside of his heart. God wishes that people are liberated, that people are free people. And God's highest intent is also that we have a free society, a government that rules in such a way to promote the highest good of all of its subjects. So I would ask you the question, where are you under the government of God? How will you use your liberties and freedoms? You can use them however you want. Will you choose God? And will you walk in his ways? Will you repent of sins and turn from your sins, not only for your highest good, but also for the highest good of those people that you may influence ever thereafter? You'll influence your family for them to be living in righteousness and holiness. And the effects of that, even in a civil manner, are incredible. You can make society a better place when you live righteous and holy and moral. And God is desiring that for you, but he will never, ever force you to do that. He will warn you, he will encourage you, he will teach you, and he will woo you, but he will never force you. I thank God that I live in a free country like America, and we should be praying and hoping and trusting that God preserves our liberties even in the midst 
of such a crazy situation that we find ourselves in. But ultimately, we should also be thanking God for a free will choice to either serve Him or reject Him. Because when we choose Him, the rewards and the blessings are great because we've done it out of our own free will. We see that God is loving, we see He's kind and merciful, and we see that the way that He is bringing before us is for our highest possible good and for the highest possible good of his entire creation. Will you serve this king of freedom or will you be bound by the tyranny of your own heart? Please tune in next Sunday at 9 a.m. If you'd like a copy of this broadcast or if you need someone to talk to or you need someone to pray with, Please contact us on Facebook and Twitter at God's Resistance. That is G-O-D-S-R-E-S-I-S-T-A-N-C-E. Make sure to like and follow us for teaching and preaching and video content. And you can find us on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe and turn on the bell to be notified of any new videos. You can also email us at gods.resistance at gmail.com or call us at 570-362-7782. Join the resistance, God's resistance. A special thank you to Spectacular Sound Productions for giving permission for the use of the song Heroes and Monsters, which was edited and used in part on this production. The permission was granted under Attribution Share Alike 4.0 International Creative Commons license. That license may be found at https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by hyphen essay forward slash 4.0 forward slash legal code.